1: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: Hour two of fantasy sports today as we are one week away from the pro football season the college football season actually kicks off tonight there will be some games this weekend and, of course, on Labor Day Monday. But we have a lot to get to in this second hour of the show. Those of you who haven't drafted yet in fantasy football, you're very smart. And you're also very lucky. Because if you have the third pick or the fourth pick in your fantasy football draft, stay tuned. We're going to go over every single position in fantasy from the three and four spot. Who you should be taking in your draft coming up this Labor Day weekend. I know personally for me, I have one draft Sunday night, one draft Monday night. And that's it for this 2020 fantasy football season. Uh, A couple of quick news and notes to get to, Joe, before we get over to our headlines today. We have two new head coaches in the NBA. Steve Nash, former uh, Hall of Famer, current Hall of Famer, former All-Star and MVP with the Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix Suns, and then at the end, Los Angeles Lakers. He's a new coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and Tyron Lue's getting another coaching opportunity as he moves over to the Philadelphia 76ers. So, uh, Brooklyn kind of snuck the, stuck up on us a little bit with that hiring, but I'm very curious to see how Nash fares. To me, he was one of the best point guards I've ever seen play.
3: Well, well, both of those guys are inheriting some pretty good rosters, I think, too. So next year should be fun for them as head coaches. I know Dawn Staley was actually kicking around the idea. I don't know if he actually interviewed her or not, but about possibly looking into her as the head coach. Uh, but, look, congratulations to Mr. Lou and Mr. Nash. I think they landed in some good spots, and uh, we shall see if they can perhaps improve the fortunes in 2021 uh, of two teams that are playoff caliber for sure without a doubt so but I think they have higher aspirations than that
2: all right let's get to our headlines for today the college football season of course begins tonight NBA playoffs also continue as Boston leads Toronto pretty much a must win game for the Raptors I would think they're down uh, 0-2. they got to win and then game one of the Denver Nuggets and L.A. Clippers and Denver basically having to fight for their life against Utah, uh, against a very well-rested Clippers team tonight. We'll see uh, how much Jamal Murray has left against Kawhi Leonard and company. Mike Clevenger makes his debut tonight for the San Diego Padres. We just discussed that in our DFS segment. We'll keep an eye on that as well. Taiwan Walker makes his Blue Jays debut as uh, Blue Jays split with Miami in the last couple of days. also two elimination games in the NHL, possibly. The Islanders lead the Flyers. Three games to two, and Vegas leads Vancouver uh, three to two. Some sentiment that both of these series could potentially go uh, seven games. Uh, also, there's some news, uh, Joe, in the NFL. Uh, Patriots' Dam- uh Harris looks like there's a chance that uh, he may not be able to play in week one uh, at the running back position, and so uh, we'll have to see what happens with
3: him. Yeah, fire up those Rex Burkhead shares. This is your chance. Here we go. Sony's not really healthy. Uh, I'm hoping this is something that, by the time we start pulling into the weekend next week, uh, a week from now to heal this injury, let's hope that he's ready to go. Because so far, Harris has gotten all the positive vibes out of camp. Everything in terms of the Patriots running back uh, situation has looked like Damian Harris seems to be the guy with the lead job. And look, lead job with the Patriots, I know it's tricky anyway. I get that. So James White will be leaned on, maybe potentially a little bit more. Maybe you'll see an extra series or two for Rex Burkhead week one if Harris isn't ready. I don't know how much Sony Michelle we're going to see. I really don't. I think that is the big question here. Uh, but we shall find out. I would still, in deeper leagues, be throwing some draft capital at Damian Harris too, just, to, you know, just to see. Because number one, it's free; doesn't cost you anything. If it doesn't come to fruition in the month of September, you can cut him and move on and not worry about it. So it's really a, a no lose situation.
2: Uh, also it, well, worth mentioning, I suppose, that uh, somebody is going to draft Josh Gordon again uh, in fantasy. <laughs> you know, you know uh, there to me, there's this is a. Uh unfortunately, uh, a useless player and and someone at this stage, uh, you know, saw 11 targets, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, even all of last year. Uh, Metcalf is a stud. Lockett is probably a stud as well. Gordon, I, I would guess Joe should be undrafted, right? In every fantasy football league.
3: Oh, absolutely. A lot by every. I mean, if you're one of those 16 team leagues and things like that, I, I see some crazy stuff out there. People play some really deep NFL leagues, just like they do baseball leagues. I mean, I'm in a 2014 baseball dynasty league, for God's sakes. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this. like, Do not have any expectations for him. Have expectations for DK Metcalf. Because if that guy holds on to the ball a little better in the end zone this year, this could be a guy that jumps from a wide receiver 2-3 to a wide receiver 1-2 conversation. Uh, and Lockett's very steady. I think Lockett's that guy if you're looking for floor. Metcalf's that guy if you're looking for ceiling. And Gordon's that guy you're looking for if you want to uh, <clears throat> have some fun maybe uh, you know after the game.
2: Yeah, we didn't do smoke or fire today, but as we welcome in our radio audience and kind of talk a little bit of fantasy football, just to give you a couple of the things that are out there, probably you know meaningless, but things that are being said, at least, we'll just have to keep an eye on because we really don't have much else. Uh, the Athletic reported this morning that uh, Zach Moss could take over as Buffalo's lead back if Devin Singletary uh, can't hold on to the ball. Which, uh, which seems reasonable to think, but there's any running back, Joe, that fumbles is not going to be starting in the NFL. So I don't think that that just goes for Singletary, probably goes for everybody else. Uh, but maybe more along the lines of maybe uh, that the team does like Moss a little more than we think. But kind of silly, because honestly, give me a running back that fumbles a lot in the NFL, and I'll show you the bench.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, it goes with everybody. But uh, look, here's the thing. Uh, Zach Moss, and we had uh, Kate Majuk from the Black Book uh, earlier last week talk about this, too. He's a guy that really another free running back, basically, uh, who's going to be in that Frank Gore role. And that is a realistic role in this offense in Buffalo. And in standard leagues, he's going to have some decent touchdown equity. So that's something to keep in mind as a flex running back in a a standard league. Moss is a guy that you might want on your bench for a couple weeks. However, if Singletary falters, uh, don't think for a second or has another injury like he did last year and missed significant time. Zach Moss could absolutely run away with that job, no pun intended. So he is one of those guys that's kind of floating around later in drafts that I think you can keep an eye on. Again, like Harris, doesn't cost you anything to find out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But it's worth a shot later in the the draft to take a shot on him.
2: Yep. And also, as we discussed earlier in the show, you can go back and watch On Demand. We discussed Leonard Fournette quite a bit. Bruce Arians met with the media a short time ago. That Ronald Jones is the starting running back, and nothing has changed. But something has changed, I think. Anyway, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Fantasy Draft Day in football is fast approaching for a lot of folks this weekend. It is Labor Day weekend. It is the best time to be drafting in fantasy football. And uh, I wonder, Joe, at this point, if a lot of people know what position they'll be drafting in, because today will be a really good exercise for anyone who has the third overall pick in the draft. We've been doing a series on who to draft based on your draft position. So while it's very easy to predict who could be the first pick, the second pick, or even the third, it may not be as easy to identify who you should be taking after you make your first pick. And so we're trying to help people do that on the show today, and we're going to lead off with the third overall pick in the draft.
3: Yes, number three is pretty easy. Don't screw it up, okay? Take the easy way out. The easy way is Ezekiel Elliott. You know who he is, you're familiar with him, you've seen him on your TV, he's running touchdowns, he's catching balls, he's rushing. I'll tell you what, his ability to improve in the passing game in the last two years is something to take notice of, something to value, something to appreciate. So Ezekiel Elliott is an easy, safe, good, strong, excellent, whatever verbiage you want to use, pick here at number three overall. And then you can even be even safer with that and build an enormous weekly floor here and back it up. By going early quarterback. Yes, it's not something you've seen me do yet. But I wanted to see how it would play out. And I thought it was actually pretty good here. So Patrick Mahomes in the second round. Now, again, there's only two guys that really move the needle substantially in terms of QB1. Their names are Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So Jackson went right before. I took Mahomes here in this draft. And I want to see how it would work out. So I have a very, very solid high Floor high ceiling going into every single week because I have a player who is a very positive relative position value guy as my quarterback. Same thing with my RB1. Now, Craig's going to hate this next pick. And yeah, that's you ruined okay. the whole thing. And then I ruined a nice thing, but I had a very high floor so I could take a little risk. And the risk is Todd Gurley. The risk is Todd Gurley, who If he does catch some more balls in this offense in Atlanta, who threw the ball a ton to Devontae Freeman last year, if they do use him in this one-year deal and Gurley's out there to reestablish his value on the open market, there's absolute risk there. But I've mitigated it considerably because I have two of the absolute best in fantasy at 1-2. Then I have A.J. Brown, a very efficient wide receiver last year. T.Y. Hilton, a guy that has a lot of upside. This is a team right now that because I had so much built into safety in the first two picks that I felt, okay, let's take some risks. And yeah, you know what the funny part is? This is a little risk-reward, but at the same time, this draft graded out exactly the same as the one yesterday at number two with Saquon Barkley, where I took far less risk throughout. But when you have so much built-in floor with two all-world fantasy talents like Ezekiel Elliott and Mahomes on the same team, you can afford to take a little risk here. And that's what this is. Now, T.Y. Hilton has to say on the field. Obviously, it has to be healthy, but as a tandem 1A wide receiver with A.J. Brown, I think that is something that you can, again, pair together two guys that maybe aren't the Julio Jones, Devontae Adam type guys, but two guys that I think can give you wide receiver one weeks. That's what you're looking for, especially if you're going to go a running back early or take that quarterback early as well. So go ahead, Craig. Give it to me. All the Todd Gurley hate. I know you've been saving it up. Well, look, I, I,
2: I, I probably... And I have the third pick, I think, in both drafts, as a matter of fact, uh, coming up oh, wow. this weekend, I think. That's weird. Yeah, I think I do. So, <laughs> and, and, and now you you turn me on to maybe taking Mahomes here because it does make a lot of sense, so I'm going to consider that. What I would do is, you know, is three and four would probably be a switch for me. I probably would have gone wide receiver in, uh, in the fair. third pick and then gone back to another running back with the fourth pick. And, you know, understanding I'm not going to get a good tight end, that's just not going to happen. Um, but but T.Y. Hilton, I was fine with, yeah, with the fifth pick. But then, then again, as we look at the picks six through seven, if you can tell me that I can get keep getting Raheem Mostert this late, <laughs> then you know what? I, I, I may, made it up uh, for
3: you. It's exactly what i I, I may not take a running back. Why is Raheem
2: Mostert going so late? That's not right. He should go higher than that. Raheem Mostert's going in the fifth round?
3: Where he's going. Uh, this is actually uh, the seventh round is where I got him in this draft. What is
4: um, the seventh round? Oh my gosh.
3: Why so round? late? Uh, uh, because Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon and oh, what Kevin people Coleman. are worried about. and hey, I'm just telling you, there hasn't I did a draft last night, is my big cash draft. Um, it's a roto football league, two quarterbacks, not super flex, two quarterbacks, IDP, the whole deal, most are, went well into, I think the eighth or ninth round, even in that one too. And again, that suppresses things because of the quarterback uh, necessity in that league. Uh, right. It's because a of the question bit. marks and and that's fair. And this is exactly it. So I've, I've got really solid guys on top. So I can keep taking shots here. I can take a shot on Moster. Uh James White, safe, Crowder, safe, Tyler Higby, safe, Marlon Mack. Again, no, another I mean, guy. Tyler, just like yesterday, go to the 10th round. That's-
2: Yeah. Tyler Higby is just, you know, the the 12th best tight end, man. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, you, 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 this is the one position that you took a big back seat, but you know, that's fine, but that's three out. You're streaming that position all year.
3: Well, and and if I am, that's okay. Because um, Tyler Higby right now, when we talked about the tight ends, you'll see in the next draft I do. And you know how I am with tight ends. Usually I'm the guy waiting. You've seen Jarwin, you've seen Hayden Hurst. You've seen kind of the usual suspects on the Joe Pisa tight end team. But I said, OK, you know what? Higby's this guy on the board right now. There was a separator there. Uh, but even guys like Austin Hooper are lasting later, too, if you want to keep playing away. The way I look at this is if Todd Gurley falters, I've got shots with Moster. I've got shots possibly uh, with James White in the full point PPR to be useful. Uh, I've got potential with Marlon Mack here, especially out of the gate. So I've covered myself a little bit. But I think that weekly productivity from Mahomes and Elliott is a fascinating combination that it's just so safe and it's such a good combination. It's very hard to pass up. And yet again, you see the late round wide receiver here uh, continuing to go kind of late is Alan Lazard yet again, round 11. It's kind of like a going theme of some of the late round guys that are continuously available.
2: Let's, let's go back to the first five again, because again, uh, you know, you, you take your guys from six through 10 and and I would be doing the same thing. You, You, I mean, at that point, you're just, you know, honestly, you're throwing darts. It's the first five picks that, pretty much everyone is taking the same guys more or less. I'm just curious, who who are the other running backs that line up around the same as Gurley with that if we could put the um yeah, the graphic. Okay, we're looking at it. Um yeah. with Gurley at 3 and AJ Brown at 4, who I don't I don't love AJ Brown either. I would like to know where I could have went. Instead of those two, what, what were some, what are, what are some of the other options?
3: Well, the guys after Todd Gurley, um, where they were in this draft, you're talking about David Johnson. You're talking about, okay, Gabriel definitely. Not. Bell. Okay. Uh, I probably would have went bell. Yeah, that's, that's fine. You're talking about Chris Carson. Uh, no, you're talking I about think. Mark Ingram. I mean, that's kind of, that's those I are the names. Thinking that you're too, and then what about receiver? Uh, wide receiver. Some of the names that we're right looking after at. Right in this same grouping uh wide receiver named Allen Robinson uh AJ Brown mm-hmm. who I ended up taking uh Mike Evans went right before had Mike Evans uh, been there that probably would have been the the name that I would have okay, taken okay that
2: makes sense yeah I would have taken Evans so, too
3: mm-hmm. right but, but what happens is you kind of drop off very quickly then from that Mike Evans group to it's the true. Adam Thielen group and and you have to understand like do you want to get a guy who is probably the only running back that is really fantasy worthy on that team Or do you want to take a shot on a lower end wide receiver one like Adam Thielen, who is going to be playing kind of by himself right now in that wide receiver core until somebody proves otherwise? And those are important questions. Um, Allen Robinson, another guy, too, very steady. But is it worth taking Allen Robinson? Does he move the needle enough more than, say, an A.J. Brown or a T.Y. Hilton to the extent of you're going to pass on a bell cow running back? And for me, that's always something I don't want to do. Now, let me make very clear. This is a tougher sell. When you take the quarterback early, because we've already proven mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers yesterday in the 10th round. Before that, we had Dak Prescott in the 6th round. You can get Matt Ryan somewhere in between. There's a lot of good fantasy quarterbacks out there. What you have to understand is if you do take that quarterback early and you want to go for Mahomes, you're going to have to take some other risk there afterwards. So you're kind of you know, paying for that floor, but you might pay for it in the back end a little bit with a little bit more risk that you're going to have to take at the running back position. And you have to know what kind of drafter you are in order to do that.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely think that from the first three picks that we've done so far, my biggest takeaway is, and I don't, the top of the draft, I everyone takes the same guys. So it's not, there's no real huge takeaway for me, but if I can get Mostert and Mac, I'm going to do that in every draft. I mean, I am going to do that in in both drafts. I'll tell you what,
3: listen, if you want to be aggressive at wide receiver early in a full point PPR, take Marlon Mack in the eighth round or ninth round instead of waiting to the ninth or tenth. Take Mostert in the seventh. Reach for the guys if you believe in those guys, and I know you do. And to a certain extent, I, I believe in Marlon Mack quite a bit as well. That's why I keep showing up on these. On At the beginning of the rosters. season, Marlon
2: Mack is going to play. I mean, he's got the experience.
3: I agree 100%. And if, and if you believe that, I think the point that we're making here is it's okay to be aggressive. It's okay to see, oh, man, they're kind of going in this route. So what if they're going in that route? If it fits your roster construct, mm-hmm. then go ahead and take them around earlier because it's good for your roster. Just because ADP exists does not mean that I it's I how everything's going to finish, but people get caught up in that. And they also get caught up in the worst thing ever, which is, Oh my God, I've got to fill out all these roster spots. No, 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 you don't. You have to be great somewhere, create roster strength. That's what you need to be doing. This team's roster strength, very high floor with two outstanding top talents.
2: All right. What if you have the fourth pick overall in the draft? We're going to touch on that next. We'll go through pick by pick what you should be doing on your fantasy football draft day. But Coming up, we got the update from Chris. We'll take you through everything that's happening in the world of sports and fantasy sports as well. Then Joe and I will be right back here as we continue looking at the 2020 fantasy football season. Go away.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models,
4: expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, thanks very much, Chris. We're going to get back to Fantasy Draft Day from the four position in fantasy football. So this basically means if you have the fourth pick overall, here's some advice on what to do. Um, Joe, before we get to that, I know Labor Day weekend is coming up this weekend, and so... It's kind of like I think a lot of people say last weekend was fantasy football draft weekend not in 2020 <laughs> I think it's this weekend <laughs> that most people are going to be drafting um what, what, what else is on tap for you this weekend for uh for labor Day?
3: <laughs> well like I said the big draft for me was last night uh which I actually liked that how that went that was pretty fun it was also my second IDP draft of the season which I know I'm in the anomaly here but IDP is fun. Once you understand how it all works, it's a, it's a great challenge. But uh, this weekend is kind of the last weekend before the madness at the PZP house begins as virtual learning ticks back up yet again. New school for the older daughter, same school for the younger daughter. It's going to be a wild ride uh, and I'm going to be here every day for it. So if you get me a little punchy some days, just know it's because I'm trying to learn whatever the new math is, because apparently I didn't realize you can change how math is done.
2: Yeah, I'm two weeks into that already here with my kids in Florida uh, doing the uh, virtual learning at home. And so it's going, actually going much better than it was last year. It's pretty calm, except for today. Today wasn't as calm. All right, let's go with the four spot in fantasy football here. You're picking fourth. Here is a possibility of some of the players you could be looking at. And again, you can pick whoever you want, but, but here is some potential advice. Up first with the fourth pick overall, most drafts, it's Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Then Aaron Jones' back-to-back running back theory here. Juju Smith-Schuster would be your wide receiver one, DJ Chark, your wide receiver two, and then Melvin Gordon, the flex. So, I mean, wow, it's pretty straightforward here, Joe. It's like you get out of the first five and you know exactly who you want to be your guys the first few weeks.
3: I love this core. And just to be clear, in the last segment, I wanted to show everybody what a team looks like when you take that quarterback early, because... You have to understand that when you do that, you are fargoing some of the depth at running back, some of the depth at the elite wide receiver position. And you have to be at peace with that. You also have the great knowledge of the board of where you want to take your shots to make up that ground later on. Because although you have those two elite players in Mahomes and Ezekiel Elliott, you are going to have to understand that somebody else has to step up in that void later on. Somebody has to outperform the ADP. If it's a T.Y. Hilton, if it's an A.J. Brown taking that next step, T.K. Metcalf, somebody like that. And that's okay, But you have to know what kind of fantasy person you are. Now, me, if I'm third or fourth, this is the approach that I would prefer to be taking. And the approach is basically you go with that stud running back one. So happy. Oh, my goodness. So happy. And Aaron Jones lasted to me in the second round in last night's draft. And I took him there, too, in real life. Oh, my goodness. He should not be lasting this long. Aaron Jones with the second scoring PPR running back last year. Second. Number two. Yeah, Saquon Barkley got hurt. But. Number two, yes, touchdown regression. Okay, let's build that in. Uh, Let's also not forget that he's in the last year of his deal. They're going to burn him and turn him. He's going to get a ton of looks. There's no competition here at all for snaps for him. He's on the field all the time. Jamal Williams gets some moments, but it's Aaron Jones, man. It's that guy. And he performs like an RB1. You're going to put him with an Alvin Kamara. You're going to put him with a Derrick Henry. Stand back. That is a great way to start a football team now. I'm going to go back to last year. This time, Juju Smith-Schuster was one of the top six or seven wide receivers overall on the board. He has fallen significantly off the down year. We cannot blame Juju Smith-Schuster for what happened last year with the Pittsburgh offense. You just can't. A healthy Juju, back returning to the slot where he belongs in the first place. Great volume for him in this pass-heavy attack for sure. Healthy Ben Roethlisberger, all the shares. DJ Shark, especially now, especially now that they've foregone their running game and got rid of Leonard Fournette. DJ Shark I like before. He is moving up for me a couple slots because this team is going to be from behind. They're going to have to chuck the ball. Garbage time is my favorite kind of time. I love it. It's cheap and I get all of those points. Delicious. It's outstanding. DJ Shark is a guy you have to understand. Last year at a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, and that was his rookie season. Of all the rookies people talk about last year, the one who gets mentioned the least is DJ Shark. And DJ Shark is a good route runner. DJ Shark has a better offensive coordinator this year, or at least a real one. And that is a guy that if you can get him as a wide receiver, two or even a three potentially is a great value. Follow that up with Melvin Gordon, who look, I have concerns with Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay, but as a flex running back, I think you could do a lot worse than Melvin Gordon because I don't think you sign a guy not to play the guy. It's just, you have to understand there's some risk there with injury. There's some risk there with Lindsay and as a flex guy, much easier to mitigate that risk than as your RB two. So, this five right here, ooh we! I am excited about this, Craig. You, Craig, you like this core?
2: Yeah, this this looks like the best uh, thus far. I probably wouldn't have taken Gordon, but at that at that stage, that's kind of what you're looking at at running back. Um, and, and again, see the th- the question that I would ask is is, or, or is twofold at this point. Now, now one through four is is money. I cannot argue with any of that. But what, what was available at five? That's what I would ask myself. Were, was there uh, a, a mid-level tight end so I didn't end up with Hooper? You know, like, was there, um, I mean, you got the quarterback there, at Wilson, so I could live with that, too. I, I guess I would ask if there was a better running back, better receiver, or better tight end, and, it was, and was Gordon the best player available at that point? Because you did uh, good yeah. with, you will see, Wilson <laughs> coming up here.
3: Uh, Andrews and Ertz had already gone by the time Melvin Gordon was there. Uh, and again, okay. this is why uh, you could have taken it before. I think you got to shark. But uh, looking at the rest of this, I'd rather cover, have the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would rather have the receiver as well, which is why I did that. By so the time are the you other get running past there,
2: there and, and receivers, the other
3: running backs you're looking at are Devin Singletary, also some risk there. David Montgomery, also some risk there. Guess who? David Johnson, also some risk there. So at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it was like ah, Melvin Gordon is a flex. And receiver? Okay. Uh, receiver as a third wide going three wides in a row, you mean Uh three, three wide yeah. in a row would have been Tyler Boyd, Terry McLaurin, Stefan Diggs, Brandon cooks. That was the grouping that went around there.
2: Yeah, I, I may have gone with one of those. I think that, that and that's, that's probably what I would have done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fair. But, but, but that's not, the you at the look, again, you're in the fifth round. You take who you like at that point. Right. I may have said, you know what? I hate digs, but let's let's just do it. No, let's let's see what happens. You
3: can't do that again. Not you. I, You're I, the worst and, person And Terry to McLaurin
2: too. I could have done that also. Um, you, know, uh, you know, the thing for me here's what I want to happen with Denver uh, on Sunday. I want them to cut Royce Freeman, and then I'm then I'm in. Then I know it's just those two guys, and that's it. Well, Again, it's way down the chart, anyway. I know. But when you spend such a high draft pick on a player that is still on the team, he's going to be in the mix. I want him out of the mix, so I know that you he sound is, like the Godfather. I no,
3: want no. him oh, taken out. I gotta take him out of the mix. Otherwise, I can't take draft him. anybody. I can't do it. I gotta take Melvin Gordon. You gotta get rid of Freeman. It's have an accident. Something's gonna there happen. You know what I mean?
2: Little <laughs> Brando. Uh,
3: you know, you maybe, take Brando. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Freeman. Uh, you, you know. Decides he's going to leave camp. You, you know, maybe he's going to opt
2: out. And you're the same one that takes Marlon Mack, so it does make sense.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay we're six, six through show. ten.
2: Let's take a look at it. Russell Wilson, great, great pick. Man, if I could get Wilson in the sixth round at quarterback, I'm doing that all day long. Uh, Crowder, again, you've taken in every draft thus far. James White, virtually in every draft th- thus far. Jerry Judy. In the ninth round, I probably wouldn't have done that, but that's fine. And then Alan Lazard, who, it's, who seemed, you really seem to like a lot because he ends up on all these teams. Um, and then Hooper at, on the 11th round and John U. Smith in the 12th. I mean, again, you're going to be streaming tight ends probably. Maybe, look, maybe Hooper ends up being good. I mean, man, if, Hooper, if Hooper's 80% of what he was last year, he should be taken in the seventh round. But I guess there's not a lot of faith in that. Not sure why.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. This is that strategy, once again, you see where uh, we got Dak Prescott. In the sixth round, uh, this is that hotbed for that next grouping of quarterbacks. They start going around this time. Um, you know, depending on uh, everything changes in superflex, but in single quarterback right. league, you can get Russell Wilson. You can get uh, Kyler Murray went right before Russell Wilson here in this one. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, some combination of these guys in rounds five and six you can do, which is another reason why I I want to preach caution to everybody who takes Lamar Jackson one now or or say Patrick Mahomes in the second round that kind of thing. If you're going to do that. It's easier to do it in a 10 team league than a 12 team league, because there's just simply more supply than demand for running back and wide receiver. That is when you can do it. When you start stretching out to that 12 team league running back falls off a cliff. And Craig was going to talk about, I'd probably go take the the wide receiver, but I'm telling everybody out there right now, the unknowns when you start getting into these other backfields with cam Akers and Henderson, we start getting into Singletary and Moss. And if you're not willing to double up on those guys, it's really difficult. And I don't think it's a bad pick later on to take Philip Lindsay either with Gordon. Let I me mean, just put that out there too, just to have both of them on that roster this year. I am more apt to handcuff running backs than ever before, based on the circumstances of what's going on And also based on the evolution of the NFL right now and what teams are willing to do. Uh, but again, we're taking shots here. We're taking upside. I think Judy has upside. Uh, some of the projectabilities there on him are decent enough as a wide receiver four, where I can play him a couple weeks and hopefully get something out of him. Uh, I know what James White is. I know what Crowder is. Crowder is a third wide receiver, consistently is out there. And this is a guy who's going to see 100 targets this year in his sleep. And there's just no way around that. And Darnold will be better right. than last year. And he's going to be healthier than he was last year, hopefully. So, uh, And in terms of the tight end, man, I really like the strategy of taking two low-end guys. Because I think John New Smith has a lot more upside than people realize in this offense. They're desperately looking for somebody else there. And I think Tannehill uh, would be really well-served to you know, make Johnny Smith that kind of next star here in this offense, because without Delaney Walker, the Tennessee Titans always had that safety blanket of Delaney Walker. He's not there anymore. John U. Smith showed you enough last year. You got excited about him and him and Hooper. You have the safer guy in Hooper. You have the upside guy in Johnny Smith. Once again, if both of them hit awesome, but if one of them hit you're set and it didn't cost you a lot of draft capital to do it. And when you take the early tight end, it's kind of the same thing as taking the early quarterback. You're going to fall behind in running back most likely and possibly wide receiver. So you're going to have sure. to make some trade-offs at certain points and you have to figure out where you can make the trade-offs. And for me, Craig, the trade-offs happened at wide receiver. There's just more of them. There's more upside. I can play matchups. I don't want to make that trade-off for running back. I just don't. There's not enough that I'm really excited about having this year. And that's just a fact.
2: Yeah. And and, and I'll tell you, um, look, the strategy is really helpful for a lot of people out there for sure. And and I would say, especially the first five picks, because it really tells you what you could be looking at uh, when you're drafting. Once you start getting six through ten, you're taking guys you want. And I would say that one thing that I would probably do a little differently in round six through ten is I think in some drafts I'd like to take just one of these rookie running backs just to see, throw a dart, and see what happens with them. Not the receivers, but the running back. All right, we'll be back with fantasy and reality. Don't go away We're almost at Labor Day weekend here on Fantasy Sports today. And wouldn't you know, with Labor Day comes a lot of fun, especially here on this show, because tomorrow on the program, we're going to have Gray Albright from Razball previewing the Fantasy Baseball weekend. We'll continue on discussing NASCAR with Matt Sells. And for the remainder of the show, it's going to be my uh, co-host Joe Pizzapia at the reins. So you can expect a lot of fantasy football talk tomorrow, uh, Joe, finally. Uh, and it's not it's not enough, make no mistake about it. But finally, I am going to take my I think my first real official day off here at SportsGrid, as crazy as that sounds <laughs> in a year and a what's half. What's that like? Uh,
3: what's that like, Craig? Days off. Gonna, I, 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 I don't know day. myself That's here. Be my day.
2: But <laughs> tomorrow tomorrow is gonna be the day for me. Tomorrow is going to be the day. I planned on it, of course, in April and in May and in June, but where am I gonna go? And so I'm holding all oh, that okay. back for the end of uh, of the Super Bowl. When well, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, uh, I'll put a cutout here and I'll just
3: be sitting there like with me for a week. can it be the face uh, of but the main weekend. That's my favorite one. That's the best one. Which the, one? This one? That's yeah. That that if that's the cutoff, it's like okay, Joe. Yeah, that's definitely the one. That that'll that'll play. People will not even know that you're gone. That's just well, no, you just keep going to me. With the
2: face. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that.
3: <laughs> Where you so, go? Uh, are you well, going? So fun for fun or tomorrow, or
2: to it Joe. Maybe we should tell people tomorrow
3: <laughs> are are you actually going to go somewhere tomorrow you're actually venturing out oh, me uh, no
2: there's nowhere to go there's nowhere to go okay i You're just not gonna be here <laughs> just not gonna be here i'll be i'll be watching you probably <laughs> no, <laughs> you,
3: you absolutely will not i,
2: I honestly you. probably will not i will take the day off <laughs>
3: and if you were i'd yell at you what are you doing that's that's what day off is. If you're watching, it's I, I think nice there'll be people
2: involved. It'll, it'll, it, it's just uh, look like you with with uh, sports wagering too, and and all the things that we do with football. It's it's quite a lot, and um, and I'm going to have to take a, my first real look at college football from a wagering perspective this weekend too. So I think that'll be part of it, but it'll just be no on air work for the first time in a while. So let's uh, kick in some fantasy or reality here, and we'll start off today. As we're going to get to see the Clippers play tonight in the NBA, but I thought that this is a pretty good question. Fantasy reality. You'd rather see the Clippers in the finals over the Lakers this year. Joe, is that true? False fantasy reality. What you got?
3: Oh man, this is tough. <sighs> Normally I would say, yeah, I want to see the Clippers. Cause that's just fun. And I like the David Goliath thing. I like the, the fact that the other LA team would be in the final, but I don't know. I mean, it kind of feels like getting LeBron in the finals would be good for business. I am torn on this one. I'm, I'm going to say fantasy. I'm going to say fantasy. I think I want oh, the superstar LeBron James in the final with the Lakers. And I think all of that kind of sounds really good on the top of the marquee for the NBA this year. So I'm not going to be upset if the Clippers are in it because I like a spoiler. But I kind of feel like it might be better all the way around. So I'll, I'll say fantasy to this one, Craig. How about you? You want to see the Clippers or the Lakers? Yeah,
2: I, I'm going to say fantasy like you. There there are a lot of people who, who love to see LeBron fail, and they, they love are. that camera on LeBron as he walks off the court, you know, like taking his jersey off or something. Like, I, and I don't get that. I mean, you're talking about, I, I think we can all agree, at the very least, the second best player in the history of the NBA, if not the best. Like, he is right there in that conversation. So uh, you, you want to see greatness. You don't want to look back 10 years from now and say, why did I want to see the Clippers and not see the greatest player of this generation play? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say fantasy. It would make for uh, more interesting television to see if he can capture another title. We're also making the assumption that it's going to be the Clippers or the Lakers, which is not right now. We don't know, but you know, certainly I agree. I, I think any, anything LeBron James involved in from, maybe from a pure basketball point of view, some people will want to see the Clippers and I get that. But uh, having LeBron is, I, I think, a little bit uh, more important. All right, uh, let's move over to a Letter Fournette, who got a contract finally with the Buccaneers. And uh, despite what Bruce Arians is saying, we all know that he'll factor in in some way this season, even if, even though they're saying he's just an insurance policy. I really don't believe that. I think at the very least he's a split policy, but. Let's look at the numbers, which are made up by me. These are not courtesy of our good friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook, but I tried to throw a compelling number out here, and the number's four and a half, Joe. So fantasy or reality, Leonard Fournette scores more than four and a half touchdowns this season. He had three last year.
3: Reality. Three was a weird anomaly. What, what What's happening? What's going on? Look, Jacksonville doesn't score a lot anyway because they're not a very good football team. Have you seen the Stiffs playing quarterback? Lake Bortles, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew's awesome mustache. Look, I hope it turns around, but let's be realistic. This is not a prolific offense down there in Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette more than four and a half touchdowns, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I will bite for your projection that you laid it down earlier. I'm gonna go with let's say 1,150 yards rushing, let's say seven touchdowns. That's right, seven. And let's say somewhere around 40 catches for 400 yards. There you go. There's your Leonard Fournette line. And if he gives you that, that's a pretty good RB2 right there. You'll take that every single day of the week.
2: Yeah, I'll say under four and a half touchdowns. I think the number that I made, I made it to be, to be right on the number. I could see five for sure. Um, but, you know, I'll say under here. And, and again, I'm not going off anything that the coach is saying today because I'm not a huge believer in Ronald Jones, although he did look a little bit better last year in a few games. Uh, if, if Fournette is strictly the goal line back, then he's going to smash this number. But if he is strictly the goal line back, then he's not going to be good in fantasy. He's not going to do much else. So uh, I don't think anybody really knows. It is a guess. My guess will be under four and a half touchdowns this
3: year. Would you spend three okay. and a half million dollars for just a goal line back? That seems like an awfully expensive investment for the Buccaneers Todd Gurley got seven oh, Wow, <laughs> I, I we differ on Todd Gurley as well <laughs> okay who do you want if you're on the ball bo- you're on the clock ready Craig Mish? you're on the clock Todd Gurley Leonard Fournette or I guess you're passing Fournette. Is the third option
2: Fournette, Fournette. I, if, I to, I, if I had to and they were both staring at me and I had no other choice I would take Fournette
3: Man, I, I hope that one. I hope one of these drafts they're staring at you and you have to make that decision. I want to see. No, I want to see that. I Oscar doubt it. <laughs> I
2: doubt. I, I still think Fournette is healthy and talented. I think that Todd Gurley's yeah. career is over.
3: He's healthy. Yeah. He's talented. He's on a one-year deal. Why in the heck is he losing carries to Ronald Jones, who's proven time and time again he is not. That great. I don't understand. I think this is just locker room. They happen,
1: man,
2: man. You, you listen. We don't know. We don't know the, No, no nice one guy.
3: Move. He's taking care of his dude. That's what he's doing. <laughs> you know, him, all right. He's uh, a bald. Yeah, we, we go. Do know him. We're in a club. The bald guys. We all t- we talk. We have a text chain, that, 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 All of us. That is true.
2: If that <laughs> is the club, I'll be joining soon. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Let's move over to uh, what they're doing in Japan. Now, look, I, I'm not going to be influenced by this again, but I feel like we got to bring it up here on the show. Apparently, we're getting closer and closer to flying cars, and they're they're test driving them in the sky in Japan. And there is supposedly yet another possibility of this coming to fruition: flying cars. What does that mean? Flying police cars? What does that mean? Flying roads? I feel like Doc Brown did this 40 years ago, and I haven't heard anything about it since. Fantasy or reality, we will have flying cars, Joe, in the world in the next 10 years. Fantasy reality. We could have done this the last 10 years and been wrong. The last 10 years before that have been wrong. Is it going to finally happen in the next 10 years? Fantasy reality.
3: Reality, Craig Mish, needs a day off. That's, that's the reality here of this question. I think that's right. I'm going to say fantasy. It's hard enough to get people to just drive regular cars properly. Now we're going to ask them to fly. How is this going to work with lights and things and, and turning? And I mean, who's going to be able to afford this? Maybe Elon Musk has one. Maybe that's, maybe it's like, it's like Richard Branson has a flying car. Elon Musk has a flying car. And the rest of us peons are just driving around like idiots for the rest of our lives. It's fantasy. It's not going to happen. Craig Mish, fantasy or reality to you? Well, in ten years, we're going to have flying cars.
2: I agree. I think it's fantasy. I just don't understand what happened to the whole flying car idea, though. Like, like, listen. When you saw Back to the Future, did you not think that? Wow, we are definitely having flying cars soon. You definitely <laughs> thought that.
3: We, we all did. No, I, I thought we would have the you didn't think that that at that the time. Was and it wouldn't be in forty years we'd have a flying car. No, I, I thought the hoverboard thing that Marty w- was on, uh, the hoverboard skateboard thing, was far more realistic than the flying car. That that that's just me. Wow, I at this
2: point I would have flying cars.
3: Well, definitely. look, it's a, it's a crazy thing. And uh, speaking of eighties, on your time off, are you going to start to maybe give the Cobra Kai a little chance this weekend, or is it just? I, I is, think there's uh, a, there's a, a chance. Thing? There's a you know work it
2: in around Marlins and and I, I do have the draft one draft Sunday night and another Monday night so I yeah. think that that's take to take as the far part.
3: as you could possibly push. By the way, too, I know the Rock's been in the news because he had that announcement that he and uh, his whole family yeah. had tested positive for COVID. That was quite a sobering announcement. Uh, I don't know if you also caught yesterday it was the same day that the dictionary updated and they added the word jabroni, which is a word associated with the Rock, uh, and it is officially a word now in the dictionary with a real definition and everything so i will ask you craig mish fantasy reality you've called oh, another the jabroni in your life
2: never i've never used that word
3: oh absolutely I, I, wasn't jabroni originally the iron chic no uh he might have no? used it as well it was kind of a, like, a weird new york term and it's funny because iron chic i believe is italian descent and it's a word that my father and grandfather would use too and i had heard it well before the rock said it and people would say oh that's a funny word I'm like well yeah i mean it's just jabroni like that's kind of like a neighborhood word right I, I had no idea that it like the rest of the country had never heard of this word before but i think it's kind of interesting that uh, all of a sudden now it's 2020 and the word jabroni now officially you know maybe it'll be on spelling tests for our children someday <laughs> spell the word it's been me. jabroni yeah, it's these are important things. This is what twenty twenty is.
2: So, who did you get in last night's draft? Who was the big pick for you? Who, who did you?
3: Uh, why well, the fifth pick overall, and it's roto football, which means you've got categories. So you have to have, you know, rushing, uh, yeah. rushing yards, touchdowns, all of those other things. Uh, so I actually went with Lamar Jackson, uh, overall as fifth, um, as my first pick, because to me that was getting all the yardage of the quarterback, and then getting basically another RB one at the same time, about nine hundred yards rushing too. So I thought that would help all the way around. Uh, I was able to get Aaron Jones on that team as well. Um, I actually got Dustin, um, uh, Justin Leonard, too. Um, in terms of roster, I was really happy with how it all worked out. Aaron Jones, as I said before, uh, made it to me. I'll pull that up real fast here and take a look at it if we have enough time. But with that league in particular, what's fun about it is you can really – change things around depending on your approach. So, you know, you can be really good on defense and get a ton of sacks and get a ton of tackles and and make all that work. Um, in terms of the roster, it looked like Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I took Aaron Rodgers. Can you believe it? As my second mm. quarterback, it's a two QB league. I ended up in that draft with Cam Newton as well. Uh, I ended up with Leonard Fournette. <laughs> See, right as the draft started, the Bucks news broke and I said, sign me up. Uh, Cooper cup, DJ shark, Darren Waller at tight end, Philip Lindsay, Jameson Crowder, Sterling Shepard, uh, were the, uh, basically the core group there as you were. So I think it ended pretty well. there. also ended up with Jerry Judy late and a few other nice uh, little pieces of denial Hunter, uh, in there as well. Jordan Cameron, uh, and Darius Leonard. I'm sorry. I, I said the wrong Leonard Darius Leonard earlier as well. So, uh, it's fun to stretch your mind in the world of fantasy football and try different th- things, So if you're looking to shake up your league, try Superflex. If you're in a 10-team league this year, play two quarterbacks. Uh, It makes everything a whole different game. And strategy changes and philosophy changes. So, you know, there's more ways to get the fantasy football season shaken up and have some fun this year, especially in 2020. It's going to be wild anyway.
2: All right, we got to take a break, and when we do, we will come back with the Sports Grid 60, and we will close out this Thursday with that. As a reminder, on tomorrow's show, a little NASCAR discussion, give you another preview of the big race coming up this weekend with Matt Sells. Gray Albright, as always, joins us here on Friday. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Sports Grid, and over on our website, which is sportsgrid.com. Joe and I will be right back to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show in just two minutes, so stay right there. As we get ready to wrap up this edition of Fantasy Sports Today, a reminder for those of you who are thinking about maybe going out this weekend for the first time in a while. Of course, it is Labor Day weekend coming up. Make sure you practice social distancing, wear a mask, and make sure you keep you and your family safe. I'll have my opinion on something in sports coming up in my edition of the Sports Grid 60. But first, let's turn it over to Joe.
3: As a child of the 80s, my first contact with Tom Seaver was in a White Sox uniform, throwing a no-hitter in Yankee Stadium and going, wow, that's really cool. Look at that. And then my grandfather educating me from his years and years of watching New York baseball of who Tom Seaver really was, because I was just a seven-year-old kid who had no idea at the time, but loved baseball. And I later got to understand just how important the franchise was to the New York Mets. And I remember him getting his number retired. I remember him going in the Hall of Fame, and I remember all the stories about Tom Seaver growing up in this community here in the New York area and just how important he was. It is a sad day that the franchise is no longer with us, but we are all better off once again for him having blessed us with his amazing, amazing career.
2: Yeah, for sure, and uh, and certainly rest in peace, Tom Seaver, one of the greatest pitchers that we have ever seen. <laughs> Uh, All right. I want to wrap it up with this. Um, Steve Nash, hall of famer hired by the Brooklyn nets. And this kind of slipped by a lot of people. There really wasn't a lot of reporting on it. And I do think it's going to be a great hire. And I think Nash has a chance to be a really good head coach. Anytime you have a point guard, we've seen this previously in the NBA and guard in general, they seem to have a lot of success, but why is it that Nash got this opportunity over so many other assistant coaches that have been around the league for so long? and? Nash has never had any coaching experience whatsoever. I suppose that question does have to be asked. And if for some reason this does not work out with Nash in Brooklyn, I would say this is probably the last time that someone's going to get an opportunity like this with no head coaching experience at all in the NBA or coaching experience at all. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Chris on the updates. And of course, Brett Levy, Danny Olber, Joe Ranieri For Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mitch. Stay on the grid. Have a great Labor Day. Talk to you tomorrow.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.